I know my Redeemer lives. Job could stand there and say, I know, lay there maybe and say, from the bottom of his heart, I know. I know my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. Oh, I know my Redeemer lives. So let all creation testify let this life within me cry I know my redeemer lives the very same God that spins things in orbit he runs to the weary the warm and the weak and the same gentle hand that holds me when I'm broken it conquers death and brings me victory and I
creation testify that this life within me cry I know I tonight. Amen. And he lives for his bride. He lives for his people. He lives to comfort us. God bless you. Welcome to the Wednesday. Good to be, it was good to be away and it was good to be back. So we missed seeing you. Good to see your faces again. And it's, it was good just to take an opportunity to sit aside for about a week or so. We did very little, just was able to just shut the world out, which we all need once in a while. There's been times, I don't know about you, but there's been times when I'm in the middle of something here, and I say, oh, Lord, just stop the world and let me get off for a couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> so we did a little bit of that, and it was good. In the meantime, we had a funeral here, we had a wedding here, we had regular services, we had special services, and uh, we were able to tune in a little bit uh, to the last weekend, and we're very blessed by the ministry, the Word on Sunday, and even our brothers. I want to just say how I appreciate the brothers and, and all of you for working together as you do. And sure is good to, to be a part of a body, isn't it? And good to see Christ in the body. Um, we want to welcome uh, Sister Lori Madden to the service tonight. God bless you. That's Sister Liz's sister. So welcome tonight. We welcome you. Also, Brother Mark Anthony has returned from the Philippines. Where is he? Somewhere here. There he is. God bless you. There was a Mark Anthony in the time of Rome. He's not alive anymore, but this Mark Anthony is. So I want to just welcome him. Brother Moses is not here tonight. He is off on a little time away with his family down east in Montreal. He'll be ministering on Thursday for Brother Steve Brisson, and then also on Friday at a church in Montreal where his brother is, so we want to remember our brother in prayer. Brother Andrew isn't here tonight either. He wasn't able to make it, but we thank the Lord for Brother Andrew for all his labors and his help. Um, brother Moses has for the last number of while, he's been a translator for uh, Brother Zoe and Sister Ruth, and uh, we have others that help, and that is... Uh, Brother David Bedeau, Sister Kara also help, and we just want to appreciate them for the labors that they do and they're providing, and uh, we trust that Brother Zoe and Sister Ruth are learning English because that sometime they'll be able to, to do that more, so we thank the Lord. Good to be in church tonight. Let's just turn in our, I kept you standing longer than I should have, but let's just turn in the Bible tonight. We'll go to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 42, Brother John, thank you for the song, uh, I Worship the Lord, that's it's, um, a little bit in the direction we're going tonight, and uh, so I hope I remember how to do all this right, and uh, God bless you, Brother Max, God bless you all, good to, good to be here tonight. Psalms 42, um, what we'll do is I'll read the first verse, and then you will read the second verse, and we'll alternate right down to verse 11. Is that all right? Can we do that? That just gets you all into the service. Okay? <laughs> As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, 
O God. So my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Deep unto deep calleth at deep unto deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me i will say unto god my rock why hast thou forgotten me why go i mourning because of the oppression of the enemy. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Amen. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading. We thank you for David. Lord, we see in David, even in all his psalms and all his ups and downs, Lord, we identify with it. And Lord, tonight we just come and we want to just take this little portion of Scripture and others, Lord, and we invite you to come and just minister to us in the day and the time that we live in. Lord, bless your people, those that are here, those that are listening in. We commit ourselves to you, and we invite you now in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you may have your seats. I will yet read from two other places. We'll go to Psalms 137, and I'll read from verse 1. Psalms 137 in verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps in upon the willows in the midst thereof, for they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion." How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. 
Now, this is the children of Israel. They are now in captivity for a 70-year period in the midst of Babylon. And they had been uh, forsaken, or they had been seemingly forsaken, it looked like. But God does never forsake His people. And it was God that was allowing them to be in this place. And in this place... They were stripped of their dwelling place. They were stripped of, of their temple worship. They were stripped of the land and Jerusalem and all that they had. And they're in a strange land. And now their captives deal them a cruel blow and say, sing us one of your songs. Sing us the, the mirth and then the singing. And they, they said, how can we sing it? We've, we've got to hang our harps in the willow. We've, we can't sing any songs here. And, and you know, it, was, it was a strange time. I'm, I'm just going to switch, Brother Mark, to a couple of verses in Jeremiah. And, and I'll, maybe we'll go to Jeremiah 7, verse 34. This actually is the same passage of Scripture in three different places in Jeremiah. But Jeremiah is the prophet that is right there in the time that they are in Jerusalem and he says this in Jeremiah 7, verse 34, and this is the Lord speaking through Jeremiah, then will I cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. Now, just, just look at the identification here. It's the voice of mirth, which is joy and happiness, a voice of gladness, the, the voice of the bridegroom. Now, there, there really wasn't, now, if, if you have looked at a Jewish wedding, you know, this is kind of, a, they would sing a song that would relate to some of this, but they couldn't sing this, and it's the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. Now, you can find this same passage of Scripture in Jeremiah 16, in verse 9. You can also find it in Jeremiah 25, in verse 10. Brother Mark, I didn't give you the other one, but if you go to Jeremiah 33, we'll just go to this one, Jeremiah 33, verse 11. Now, each time he refers to it, it says, I will cause to cease this song out of the land. But when he finally comes to Jeremiah 33, and let's just pick it up from verse 10 if you can. Jeremiah 33, verse 10. Now this is the last place where these same words are uttered. But here the prophet says, Thus saith the Lord, again there shall be heard in this place, which you say shall be desolate without man and without beast, even in the cities of Jerusalem and the, in Judah, in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate without man, without uh, and without inhabitant and without beast. Verse eleven, he says, the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, and the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. So God's saying, I'm going to restore this voice. I'm going to bring it back. And he says, 
For his mercy endureth forever, and of them that bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. So what are we saying? Worship the Lord. You know, I don't believe church is just a place. I mean, it's where judgment begins. It's a place where we receive correction. But it's also a release. It's also a joy. It's also a place where the believer can let his spirit loose. <coughs> if we make church just a place where it's, it's a boot camp, and we just are continually whipped, I'll tell you what, that's not a place you want to come to. And I'll say the Christian walk is not about do's and don'ts. It's not about just you got to perform and you got to do this and you got to measure up. That's the enemy that beats us many times. The Lord corrects us, but the Lord also encourages us. The Lord also helps us along the way. He comforted us, and He allows us to have a song. You cannot continually be under the whip. Friends, if that's how we got to run. If we run our houses and raise our children that way, I'll tell you what, that is, that's a discouragement. I'll tell you, there, there is much more. Let your children see the joy of the Lord. Let them see what, what a joy it is to serve God and to do the things of God. So this is the promise. Now, I want to read one more scripture. We'll go to Revelations chapter 5, and I'll just read from this for a moment. Revelations 5, and this is in verse 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the land, having every one of them harps. Now they had harps, so this is a representation. What is harps? It's singing, it's worship, it's, it's part of praise. And golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now, I, I, as I said, I kind of shut myself off for about a week, but we, we watched some of the wedding, we watched uh, the services on Sunday, and I, I truly enjoyed the Word on Sunday. I truly enjoyed and appreciated what God ministered. And Brother Paul and I were talking and fellowshipping about a, a week before I left and, and was just sharing some things. And, and then he started going into it. And I says, you know, Brother Paul, if you want to speak that to our church when you're there, he said, well, that's actually what I have on my heart. I says, go ahead. So I was already looking forward to it. But I'll tell you, there is something to the believer, once the priest walked in to that place and he, he did it first for himself and then he did it for, the, for all the nation, for all the land, and he came back out, I'll tell you what, there was something to, it was a joy behind it. There was something knowing that God had accepted them. <coughs> and I'll say, we have also had the same in this last day. I don't have my preacher's voice. It's going to take me a bit to, to get, so you've you got to help me a little bit. But anyway, the, there's something that we have in this last day that no other age had. 
That is an acceptance before God. He has already come. He has already taken the book. Do we stumble? Yes. Do we fail? Yes. Do we have troubles? Yes. But you're already accepted. This message has been accepted. And I'll tell you, that is, when you get that revelation, then there's no matter what comes, no matter what goes, there is something that you can sing in the face of everything the devil throws at you. Now, I want to, if I can use this tonight, I'll just give this a title, A Melody of Praise in a Strange Land. I want to dwell on the strange land for a little bit here before I go back to the melody of praise. So turn with me to, to Luke chapter 21. Luke 21, verse 25. <clears throat> it doesn't appear where that we're in that place, everything around us looks very contrary. But this is what we see with our eyes. There's much more to this. But let's read from verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. Now just, just let's just focus on a couple of these words. Distress of nations. I don't care what nation it is, if it's China, if it's Russia, if it's India, if it's the USA, if it's Canada, whatever nation it is, this is a condition of the end time. There are no more answers for politicians. Oh, there's lots of promises, but there's no answers. I, I, they're running out. It's all running out. And it says, this is what was prophesied. It would be distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Verse 26, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, the Bible, when it, when it speaks of those things, that, that, that would be something that would strike fear into anybody. But here, the next verse says in verse 28, And when these things come to pass... Then hang your heads, put your arms down, walk around stooped with a frown. That's not what the Bible says. And when these things begin to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. <coughs> I believe we're closer than we've ever been before. And if we can just allow that, Brother Bannon would say in... in in, in, a, in a message here, and I, I'm trying to find the right quotation, but he would say, you notice when you're discouraged, that's when the devil can really pour it onto you. That's when he gets you. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to take some time. This won't all happen in this service, but it'll happen in, in a few other services. He'll say, you'll come to church and say, I don't know whether I'll get any better or not. I've been prayed for, even twice. Oh my, you may as well go home, that's all. But when you can cast that aside. Now he says, God does not want you to be frowning. He's, now I, remember, we read Psalms 42. David was talking about who is my health and my countenance. 
So I believe we're in a world, we're not going to change the conditions on the world. Listen, cheer up, it's going to get worse. But we can conduct ourselves within a certain way. And we need to allow ourselves for our own body, for our own health, for our own countenance. I believe we don't have to walk around up and down and up and down and up and down. I believe we can live in a place with God just for your well-being. When you're serving God and, and you can do it under, without a great strain and you're doing it because you love the Lord and you're in love with Him, I'll tell you what, that doesn't make it hard at all. It's not hard when, you, when you're in love with your wife and, and, and you want to come home. It's not a chore to come home. You, you love to come home and be with her. And, and vice versa. It's a joy to see your husband come home. Wow. Was that ever quiet? <laughs> oh. Okay, we have to take a series on this. Here. <laughs> you love the Lord tonight? Are you happy to be in church tonight? You know, you can be somewhere listening to the news. Or you can be listening to what he has to say to you. <laughs> Listen now, Brother Emma says, God doesn't want you to be frowning. He wants you to be happy. The human heart was made to be happy. Now listen to these words. Worry will cause cancer. Now I'm going to go into this a little bit. I don't know how far I'll get tonight. Temper will cause cancer. Don't ever be upset. Walk in his love Knowing that you're walking in him and nothing can harm you. There's nothing can harm you. There's neither powers, things present, things future. Nothing can separate us from him. We're in him. We never came in by our own will. He is the author of my faith. He <coughs> is the finisher. If he started you, he'll finish it. No man can pluck them from my Father's hand. It's by his choice he brought us in him, so it's his business to take care of what he took himself. Now, I, I say all of that, now I, I need you to just to hear this. This is a quotation in the Church Age book, and, and it's in the Thyatiran Church Age which when we look back in history, we will think, how could those people, you know, allow, you know, give themselves, give their lives, allow themselves to be, you know, killed and burned at the stake and to allow those things. And we view that as a horrible age. Humanity, they'll look back at the past and they'll look at those things and say, oh, the atrocities of those age. And did you know that we live in an age that's far worse than that. But we, all we hear is it's Laodicea. Oh, we're happy. We have this. We have this. We have a better. I'll tell you what. It's a far worse age. If we could really recognize this. Now he says, <clears throat> the, the word for burden is weight or pressure. The pressure of the dark ages was either bend or be broken. Bow or die. And he says, each age has its pressures. Now he says this. 
an example, the great burden of the last age is the pressure of riches, soft living, and nervous tensions. Listen how he says it. In a complex age that we seem unfitted to live in. Let me read that sentence again. A great burden of the last age is the pressure of riches. I was away and I was on vacation and we, we saw people and, and you know, people are on their phone and I saw one guy, his wife was shopping and he was in the car you know, talking some business deal and saying, you tell them to sell right now. <laughs> some kind of businessman. A great vacation. Yeah, caught up. If I don't do this, if I don't do that, uh, I'll tell you what, I would rather have the peace of God than all of those things. And so he says now, the pressure of riches, soft living, nervous tensions in a complex age we seem unfitted to live in. Now, this is where we live. We, we are under more pressure than we've ever been before. Here is Brother Branham speaking in letting off the pressure. Tension is building. It's something is wrong, it, and it's acting out of a place. He said, that's right, it'll make the poor act that way. It'll make the middle class act that way. It'll make the rich act that way. It'll make the wrong act that way. It'll make the pretty good act that way. It'll make the good act that way. It's tension, it's steam, it's buildup. Got to blow it up, blow it out somewhere. See, you blow the boiler up. <coughs> he would talk about the great day where there's pressure. Everybody's running. They're going as fast as they can, speeding in a speed zone. It shouldn't do that. Christian shouldn't. He says, but we're so nervous, and it causes people to do things, and he'll go to it to do what? Light a cigarette, one after another. People will go out and get drunk and crowse around, try to drink it off. They try to think that's the thing they should do to let the pressure off, but rather it builds up pressure. And so what the enemy will do to you and I, okay, well, we maybe don't drink or crowse or smoke or do those things, but he'll say, ah, just go and watch a movie. That actually builds up pressure. <coughs> check out, you know, check out your social media. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. There's a balance in all of this. But, but the point is, is that sometimes the thing that we actually let it off is, is what? Just stop for a moment, stop everything, and just think about the Lord a little bit. Just meditate on the goodness of God. I'm, I'm out, I'm watching nature and creation in a different way than we see it all the time and you're looking at it and how everything is so synchronized and how it moves together and how the 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 economy of God in nature how one plant is there for one bird and and that one bird takes care and it all fits together and God has orchestrated all of this and when you begin to look at these things I'll tell you what you just lift up your hands Oh, God, how great thou art. Listen, the birds aren't flying around there. You know, just... No, they're just doing what they've done for hundreds of years. Thousands of years. And he says, 
you try to find these different things. Now, I, I'm going to just, I, I need to take this into a, a, a little different way that, that Brother Branham would talk. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11, it said, Satan would try to get a hold of us, but we're not ignorant of his devices. So he, he will try to, in any service, and Brother Branham would talk about it, you come to a service, he'll try to create something even before you get to church, even before, and it's not just church, it's at home, it, it can be in your home life, it can be in, in simple little things, just so God cannot flow. If you're all stressed out coming to church and you can't come, and the Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So what do you do when you start to sing? It starts to release things. When you start to praise God, it starts to open a channel that God can come in. But the devil tries to get us so bottled up, and he'll create things that will make it worse. He'll create it in our homes. He'll create it in our services. He'll get us all tensed up. Now, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of time today, and I, I went on, and, and this is, this is going to help maybe someone. I, I, I want to take it. We live in an age, and Brother Ben said, a complex, nervous age. Now, I'm, I'm going to deal with a subject called stress. Now, Brother Branham would say, well, he would, he would tell God actually allows tensions to come in our lives. So there's actually a part of tension that's good. It causes you, if you didn't have no tension and all you did every day was just lay in the hammock, I'll tell you, you wouldn't get up and work, you wouldn't do anything, but you need a little bit of tension to do something, right? Okay, some of you are with me, some aren't, but anyway. Listen, this, this, is, this is, I got some of this from Natural Healthline, I got some of this from Mayo Clinic, so I'm going to read this. I was debating if I should put it up, but I'm going to read it. Stress is a natural, physical, and mental reaction to life experiences. Everyone expresses stress from time to time. Now, stress is, is what happens to your body when it gets under pressure. Now, anything from everyday responsibilities like work and family to serious life events such as a diagnosis, a health diagnosis, war, or the death of a loved one can trigger stress. Stress can be triggered by the sports team going on a losing streak, if that's what your life is about. Stress can be triggered by the anxiety of a world war. That's what the world is under. Much of the world is under. What's going to happen with Russia? What's going to happen with this? It creates stress. Now, now just let's, let me take a few moments for this. And he says, but he also says, everyday responsibilities like work and family... That creates stress. Raising kids creates stress. Raising teenagers ramps it up. Like Brother Barry Coffee says, raising teenagers is like nailing jello to the wall. Well, yeah, well, you figure that one out? You think, oh, my kids are finally out of diapers. Phew. Guess what? The best is yet to come. <laughs> That's not a few of you. Are you? Are you 
So it says stress can be beneficial to your health. It can help you cope with potentially serious situations. Your body responds to stress by releasing hormones that increase your heart and breathing rates and ready your muscles to respond. So if you get under stress and you find yourself breathing heavier, uh, you know, you know. sometimes a good thing is if you're just getting sleepy or something, is get under stress. If you actually look at the human body, your eyelid, eyelids pop open. You don't understand all of this when it's happening, but it allows more light. It causes your eyes to dilate, bring more light in. It helps you create an awareness of what's going on around you. Now, your body does that naturally. God knowing that after the fall, we would be coming, we would be leaving Eden behind, we would be in a world, we would need to have coping mechanisms in our body to help us deal with things. So God put those things <coughs> in, in us. So Now, if your stress response doesn't stop firing, and stress levels stay elevated far longer than necessary for survival, it can take a toll on your health. So an amount of stress is actually good for you. You wondering, this is what, what God would say to Peter, it's okay, now, you know, you're, you're already saved, you've got all of these things, but he says, now add to these things, and he talks about the seven-step statue of a perfect man, and if you do these things, you'll never fall. But he says now, he would say, but he'd also say you'd need to uh, push yourself towards it. Don't just sit back and wait for God to do it. You, you know, there's a certain amount of wondering. When's God coming? Will I be ready? Will this? Well, that's good because it prepares you. It makes you ready. If you knew all things and you didn't know the hour he was coming, you, you would just say, ah, what have I got to worry about? It's not happening till such and such a date. You would never get ready. So you need some of this. I need some of this. I, I had you all read for a reason because some of you wouldn't participate. But, oh, I've got to participate. I could have gone around the room and said, okay, you read verse 3, you read verse 4. I'll tell you what, you'd be alert, wouldn't you? Oh, you would. I know you would. So, so here, these, these are stress. Now, if... As much as it's good and your bodies deal with things. Now let's just fast forward. Imagine Satan's Eden where the devil has gotten into political systems, into economic systems, into morality, into all kinds of things. And stress is high level all the time. Because that's what we live with. What if you have to wake up in the morning and you hear the news and then you come and hear that and, I, and you, uh, what's going to happen? And, and all of a sudden you, we're dealing with so much more than we've ever dealt with before. That's why we need to have a release. That's why we need to have a place. And I'm saying this, it's going to take more than a 10-day vacation. It's something you've got to implement in your life. Now God would even take the children of Israel and he would tell them, I'm going to give you six days to work, but the seventh day you're going to rest. But you know what? A lot of them, you know, they wouldn't listen. It would, it would maybe start so easily. Okay, I've got six days. I've got to get my work in. Okay, it's done. Now the seventh day was even planning what I'm going to do on the next seven-day cycle. 
So it really wasn't a rest anymore. And you find over time, that was actually part of the reason for Israel going into captivity. God had it so ordained that you would have a field, and you would allow that field to, for six years to be able to uh, be, have crops, and then the seventh year, it should have rest. And you find, and farmers would tell you that, and they'd say, when the land rests, it replenishes its nutrients, it does all of these things, so it actually performs better the other six years after it had rest. And, and so do we, if we're going 24-7, Monday to, let's call it Monday to Sunday, and, and we're not stopping to rest, we are cheating our lives. And, and that's why sometimes Sunday is not a day I like to do business on. Now I've got to do some business because I'm here. But Sunday is a day you can actually let the pressure off. I don't have to check everything. I have just given this day to the Lord. And it could be a Wednesday. It could be a part of your every day. You need to stop and rest. Okay, I, I'm going to minister. Let me, let me jump to a scripture. This is going to be in Matthew. I'm just jumping ahead here, Brother Mark. Matthew chapter 15, 14, rather. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 15, I'm sorry, it's 15. If you turn to 14, start over and go back to 15. 15, let's just, turn, let's just read from verse 9. No, what did I say, 15? Did I give you 14? What did I give you? It's 14. I'm glad that we're all on the ball. Matthew 14. Now, I, I will, I'll just give you the preamble. This is... John was a cousin of Jesus, and he was beheaded by Herod. So now, and we all know the story, I'm not going to get to it, but in, in let's, Matthew 14, verse 10, and he sent and he beheaded John in the prison, and his head was brought to the charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother, and his disciples came, and he took the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Now, this is not only Jesus' literal cousin on earth, so to speak, but this is also the messenger, the one that went before Jesus. Now, now just look at this. this. Jesus was all man, but he was all God too. So he lived as, as he was, so are we. When there's a death of a loved one, it affects us. When there's a violent death, when it's the end of something, it affects us. So here, and, and Jesus came, and in verse 13, and when Jesus heard it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. In other words, he didn't just carry on. He had to deal with this. He went to a place apart, somewhere where he could just find a solace and a place to think and a place to bring it before God and a place to do those things. If we don't bring that into our daily life, we are not going to be able to cope. Amen. Now, Jesus did this. Now, keep your finger in, in, in Matthew 14, and we'll turn to, in turn to Mark chapter 6, and that one I got right. Mark chapter 6, this is the same account. And uh, verse 30, 
Mark chapter 6, in verse 30. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all the things, both which he had done and which he had taught. This is right after they had taken and buried uh, John. And so now they're coming to Jesus. And this account gives us a little bit more. And he said unto them, Come yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. Now, maybe some of this is coming because I was away. And when you're away and all of a sudden you, you drop some of the load off and you drop some of these things off, you realize what a crazy world we live in. We don't realize the effect of a continual bombardment that we are under. And if we don't have a place to let things off, we're going to explode. It, 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 it's affecting individuals. It's affecting relationships. It affects marriage relationships, family relationships. If we don't give place to God somewhere in all of this. So what am I saying? Take a vacation? Yeah, take a vacation. But more than that, you need to have a place for the Lord. My wife says, how was your day today? And I said, well, after I prayed, it was really good. But when I woke up, you know, I didn't want to stick my toes out. Because it wasn't the same. But here, here's how Jesus is saying it. Now, remember, Jesus himself, you, you can read that in, in verse 31 and, and then in verse 32. They departed into a desert place by ship privately. And all of a sudden, there was more people that came. And Jesus had compassion, and he healed them, and he, and he did these things. And you can go all the way down, and, and, finally, and finally he sent them all away in verse 46. And when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Now, Jesus needed to do that. I need to do that. You all need to do that. And I say we need to do that within our homes but we're so geared and we're so wired, we're going. So while we were away, we, we did a number of different activities. And we had, you know, we'd just go and walk on the beach and we'd snorkel in the beach. And, 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 and you know, it was nice to find hiking and doing different things. And, and some of the more ambitious members of our party thought it would be a good idea to take a plane ride. And they thought it would be even better to jump out of the plane. And they did a skydive. And, then, and I, I thought, okay, that's not a stress reliever for me. <laughs> but they did, and they did it. And it, was, it, it, was, it was something to see all of that and, and to do it. But I, I, I just, I'm saying all of that is that, that you get so wired, and the guy that was there, you know, here's a guy who was running this, this operation, and that guy was wired. I don't even think he drank coffee and he was wired. And he, he was like, go, 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 and bang, 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 and up and down. And, that, this, and I said, Man, I hope you're having fun. And, and, but, but people are just running, 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 and all in the name of fun. But I'll tell you what, I enjoy just putting my feet up a little bit. And you know, that's a natural release, but what about our spirit being? Now, now here, I'm just going to go back to this for a moment. Because it says here, stress can cause irritability. Oh, that's never happened in my home, Brother Ed. If you make that noise one more time, 
Hey, you know what's, what's happening? You need to just, these are signs. Irritability, anxiety, depression, headaches, insomnia. Created by stress. Are you all with me tonight? Now, this is from Mayo Clinic. So it says, central nervous and endocrine systems. Your central nervous system, CNS, is in charge of your fight or flight response. So we're all natured a certain way. Somebody, some of us, when we get under stress, we just come out with, our, with everything swinging. I, I had a cousin, and, and we, were, we were, before he got married, and we went... And we were in the States, and we were touring this battleship, and it was a big ship, and I kind of hid behind a certain thing, and I jumped out and surprised him. I mean, I had to duck to avoid the fist that was coming back. So he was a fighter. Other people, I'm going to run and hide. So now your central nervous system is in start of that. Your brain, it gets the ball rolling. It tells your adrenal glands to release stress hormones, adrenaline, and cortisol. These hormones rev up your heartbeat and send the blood rushing to areas that it's most used in an emergency such as your muscles, your heart, and your other important organs. When the perceived fear is gone, this, it's called a hypo. Thalamus tells all systems to go back to normal. So stress is there, it helps you deal with it, and then everything goes back to normal. But if the stress doesn't go away, the response will continue. In other words, that guy that, or that person I work with or go to school with, they're there and they bug me and it causes my blood pressure to rise and you finally leave your place or, and you go, oh, thank goodness it's gone. And the next day you come back and it's there again. It's the same way with anything. If you have an ought against somebody, if you don't deal with it, and I'll tell you what, the way to deal with it is this tremendous thing God has given us, forgiveness. If we don't forgive, stress ramps up. And as stress ramps up, stress gets worse, and it develops a disorder, a thought, and it begins to be an attitude, and pretty soon it becomes so big that we can't deal with it anymore. This is the world we're living in. Friends, I'm affected by it. You're affected by it. What, what does God want us to do? To be happy. To be healthy. Not to be able to deal with these things that way. Now, I'm talking about the things that, that come in to us. Now, I, I can't read all of the quotations I have, but you can, you can read a good part of this in, in the message, Letting Off Its Pressure, or you can also read in Christ Revealed in His Own Word, and Brother Bam, how it talks in these last days... <coughs> talks about this nervous age we're living in. Satan's got a punch coming, but you've got to keep that covered. Now, it might be anger. It might be lust. It might be, you know, you're more high-passioned. It, it might be depression. It might be whatever, but you've got to keep it covered. And God has given a provision where you can keep your spirit clean. You know what I do about prayer? Prayer is where I can just lay it all out before God. And I can just tell him, you know what? Tell it to Jesus. 
And when you tell it to them, actually something is released. Something gets off of you and you can face the world again. It's something about it that, that does really well. Now, it says stress hormones affect your respiratory and cardiovascular systems. During the stress response, you breathe faster to quickly distribute oxygen-rich blood to your body. Now, you don't know you're doing this. Neither do I know I'm doing it. But, but you can, you're, if you're jumping out of a plane, I'll tell you what, something's beating a lot faster. And if you have breathing problems like asthma or something, stress makes it harder to breathe. Under stress, your heart pumps faster. Stress hormones cause your blood vessels to constrict, to divert more oxygen to your muscles. You'll have more strength, strength to take action, but this also raises your blood pressure. As a result, frequent or chronic stress will make your heart work too hard for too long. And when your blood pressure rises, so do your risk for having a stroke or a heart attack. And the last day, men's hearts failing for fear. The doctor will tell you, oh, it's because of this in your body, this in your body. But the unseen killer is stress, is pressure. And not that it's bad, but continually, without a release, it's killing us. And I'm saying, I don't want that enemy in my life. I don't want him in my home. I, if I have to shut a device off, if I have to shut some apps off, if I have to do that to have more of God, let it be. I think we ought to be able to live above the world. <clears throat> let me, it, it, it talks about a different systems. I'm just going to give you a couple of things. You didn't know that I was a doctor. I'm a doctor. It's not Dr. Seuss either. Digestive system. Under stress, your liver produces extra blood sugar to give you a boost of energy. If you're under chronic stress, your body will not be able to keep up with this. Chronic stress increases the risk of developing type 2 by diabetes. Stress can also affect the way food moves through your body, leading to diarrhea or constipation. You may experience nausea, vomiting, or stomachache. Immune system. Stress stimulates the immune system, which can be a plus for immediate systems. This stimulation helps you avoid affections and heal wounds, but over time, stress hormones will weaken your immune system and reduce your body's response to foreign invaders. Now, what if... You had these things, but now you're living in a world where Satan, he knows you, he knows me, and he's, he's ordained everything, every situation to try to affect us. We are not ignorant of his devices. Now, I could take this and I could just play the message, you know, uh, take and, and, and play the message where it was, where it was talking about um, letting off the pressure. But I'm, I'm bringing this from a different level because pressure is good, but the stress and continual stress is not the way God wants us to live. And that's what this age is doing. Talks about your immune system. Now, these are 50 signs of stress and anxiety that, that we can have. I'm, I'm taking a little bit of time with it. Frequent headaches, jaw clenching or pain. 
gritting, grinding teeth, stuttering or stammering, tremors, trembling of lips and hands, neck ache, back ache, muscle spasms. This is stress. Stress silently working, causing your body to react in the way it shouldn't. Lightheadedness, faintness, dizziness, ringing, buzzing, popping sounds, cold or sweaty hands, dry mouth, problem swallowing, rashes, itches, unexplained or frequent allergy attacks, heartburn, stomach pain, nausea. It, it, it goes on. There's 50 signs. I'm only at number 15. I'm not going to pick them all up. Sudden attacks of panic, excess anxiety, worry, guilt, nervousness. Sometimes we're in the middle of it and we find ourselves trying to deal with it and we're coping with it. And what do we do? We find ourselves overeating. That's not what God wants for us. We find ourselves, ah, let me find a chocolate bar and it'll all be better. No, that's not what God, let me go shopping. That's a condition. You know, how, how, how do you want to reduce stress? I'll just go, I'll just go to the mall and shop. But you've got to deal with what you did at the mall sometime. Listen, I, 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 we don't even realize it's happening. Irritability. Do you ever just give an answer and all of a sudden, why did I say it like that? And you go back to your spouse and say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I just was under pressure and I, I did it. You know what? You can, you can just wipe it off and say, ah, they should know. I got to deal with this. And you know what you're doing? You're ramping it up. And everybody around you is affected. But what do you do? These simple words, I am sorry. And if you genuinely mean it, you know what you've just done? You've taken all that the enemy could place on you, and you've put it under the blood, and you've wiped it off, and everybody around you breathes easier. Oh, it's back to normal. Uh, you know what I enjoy? I enjoy just when my wife and I are away. You know, I, I enjoy just being able to let her be free and not have to worry about everything. And, and you know what? We enjoy each other. You know what we do? We'll do this often. We'll go for a walk and we'll just talk about things. But in the busy world we live in, especially if you've got small families, you've got pressures to deal with, we don't have the time for each other. And if we make the time for each other, it's when the husband is shopping for John Deere parts or the wife is shopping for knitting needles or whatever it is, and you're, we're, we're working it in. But what about just stopping and getting away together? Okay, we, I will pick this up again. What is wrong with going on a date even after you've been married more than 25 years? Okay, there's one, brother. Do I have two? Do I have more? Come on. <laughs> and you know who, who can initiate that? Let's just go away. Let's just talk. Let's just go, you know, let's just go and dip our feet in the water. I know the water's like ice right now. But let, let's go and let's just go do something simple. You know what you're doing? You're, you're killing the enemy. Oh, Brother Ed, you're gonna, I thought you were going to say cast out demons. That's what you're doing. Listen, signs of stress, number 24. I didn't, I'm, if you want this list, I'll give it to you. It's, it's by mail. Depression or frequent 
or wild mood swings. Now, I'm level-headed, I'm just this, I never get off on the rails, and we all do. And, and, and the devil knows when you're weakest, and what I have to watch is when I get to the end of the day, and I'm wiped out, and I'm tired, and, and I, I just, that's what I got to watch out. You know what I try to do more and more is go to bed earlier. And if you go to bed earlier and you sleep when you're supposed to sleep, and if you're not on the internet for an hour before you're supposed to go to sleep, you'll sleep better. Okay. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, every family has different dynamics. But, uh, you know, I've, I've often said it. Before you're married, you know, she'll say something to you and you'll lay awake for hours wondering what she said or what she meant by what she said. After you're married, you fall asleep while she's saying it. Right? But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, sometimes around our house, it's right when I'm kind of going down, and she's saying, you know, what about this? What I says, is that where your mind is at? <laughs> I says, mine is going into the land of Nod. Like, come and join me. It's, it's a great place. You know what? We have to recognize, we have to take care of our natural lives and bodies. And, and don't go to bed when you're just all knotted up. You want to have some wild dreams? Uh, man. I, I, I got caught up in the news one day. And, and I'm thinking about China and Russia and all this. And I had a great dream. I remember Putin was walking across my front step. And I was going to talk to him and explain some things to him. And I, I was trying to make it spiritual. But there was no way it was spiritual. It was just because of what I'd been listening to. I was going to, do you ever watch Putin walk? Only one hand moves, the other one stays. It's the KGB walk, ready to draw the gun. I was going to tell him, you know how you can disarm your enemy? Use both hands when you swing. You guys never noticed that? Just look it up one time. Okay. Stress, increased or decreased appetite. Insomnia, nightmares, disturbing dreams. Difficulty concentrating, racing thoughts, trouble learning new information. I, I, I'm never going to get through all these tonight. But let me, let, I may come back to this. This is stress. Now, I, I'm, I, got, I can't leave you hanging here, but this is the world we live in. Now, what, what are we going to do? Let's go to Psalms 100, if you will. Psalms 100. Brother John, you sang that song, Just Worship the Lord. Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Start singing a song. Start tapping a song. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Now, I, I got two others, and I'm not going to get into all of these, but... I got a couple on stress relief. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're coming to church and you're worried about getting beat down, that's not joy. Sometimes the preacher says something to make you laugh. What's he doing? When he makes you laugh, you let your guard down, and that's when he inserts the word. Sometimes you do something else just to, to release all of these things. Now, 
we are fearfully and wonderfully made. How important is it our attitude coming to the Lord? I, I've watched my prayer life. If I go to prayer and I'm immediately calling on God and begging for my needs, I'll tell you what, that can be frustrating for the Lord I'm on the other end. But I stop and say, oh God, you're the creator of heaven and earth. Hallowed be your name. And I don't even, if you look at the Lord's prayer, it's so wonderful because it says your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, and, 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 and then somewhere down the middle, it's, it is, you know, uh, it, it's forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. And, and give us this day our daily bread. That's another part of it. Now, that isn't the first on the list. The first is, Lord, it's you. You're in control. Lord, and, and you know what? When you begin to enter his courts this way and you begin to sing and you begin to come to him, it says in Psalms 100, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. He has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his court with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Oh, you know what? I think Brother Andrew touched on it in, in, in one of our prayer services. Just start thanking God sometimes. Lord, I, I don't know how this is going to work, but I know you're going to help me. And you know what? When you start doing that, you start thanking him. You start watering it with praise. I'll tell you what. It does something in your body. If stress causes afflictions... What does praise cause? What does thanking God cause? It changes the way things happen. What does your confession do? It changes the situation. And God hears your words. And he dispatches an angel. Touch them. And it takes care of that thing. I, I, I didn't even get into all the ways that the enemy comes in. But these, these, are, these are things... For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I looked up stress relievers, and I came across this one article. The benefits of singing. Number one, it, releases, it relieves stress. It took, they said the amount of cortisol was lower after singing, an indication that people felt more relaxed. After they sang. It stimulates the immune response. It increases the pain threshold. Here's another one. It may relieve snoring. <laughs> wow. Maybe this should be happening in a few more homes, right? It improves your lung function. It actually helps because when you're singing, there's certain breathing techniques. It helps asthma, cystic fibrosis, cancer, multiple sclerosis. While singing doesn't treat or cure these, it benefits the body. Now, if, if all of these other things hurt your body, these things benefit. Singers also experienced improved mood and a greater sense of social connection. It developed a sense of belonging and connection. When we read this scripture together, what did it do? It connected us together. What does it do when we listen to a service, of, when we hear Brother Branham's voice as a church? It connects us together. What happens when you do it in your home? It connects you together. It brings us together. We're part of a family. It develops all these things. 
It enhances memory. It helps with grief. It, it, it improves your mental mood. I, there's all of these other things. It, it helps improve speaking abilities. It says singing, just listening to singing is good, but to sing is better. And you're all looking at me, oh, Brother Ed, don't start singing. Listen, I, somebody pointed out this song to me, and they, I'll, I'll read it just as I close. It's going to be, it's called the Antioch Church Choir. Are you with me? <laughs> please let me sing in the choir. Yes, Lord, please let me sing in the choir. And it says, in the choir, let me sing. One old man can't be all bad. Won't you please let me sing in the choir? And they talk about this certain man, Uncle Jesse, I guess. They say he's in a fixture. All the town knew his name. Every time the church bells rang, Uncle Jesse, up he came. He sat in the very same pew, humming in a voice loud and gruff, loud and rough. When it came to the Antioch church, Church house choir, old Jesse, Uncle Jesse never heard enough. He wanted to sing in the choir, but he couldn't sing a lick, you know. He tried for the Antioch choir 34 years in a row. Are you guys with me tonight? We're going to have the musicians come right away. Don't worry. I'm trying to relax you. Surely there's somebody else besides me that identifies with this. He'd always get to the tryouts early. He wanted to try out first, but instead of his singing getting any better, every year it just got a little worse. He said, please, please, let me sing in the Antioch choir. One old man can't be that bad. One cloudy Sunday morning, I remember it was raining some. The church bells rang and everybody came except Jesse. He didn't come. Everybody started getting worried. They figured they'd start anyhow. Just as they did, Jesse's voice came booming down from heaven. I don't know how, but he said, I found a choir that will let me sing, and now I'm singing in the choir. I can raise my voice as just as high as yours, maybe just a little higher. They found a choir. You folks down there can't hold me alight because I'm singing in the heavenly choir. And there's a people in the last days that will actually start the song on earth. They will start to have a noise. Musicians can come. They'll actually start to have a song. And a song doesn't mean you just got to sing in a choir, but it's in your everyday life. It's just, Lord, thank you. And, I, you know, sometimes you just get into a, a song. And I, I was just reflecting on this when Brother Wendell was here and how the gift that he has, he would just be able to sing. And it brought it right into the message. And I thought, now what if we did that in our own lives? Just had a little bit of singing. A little bit of something that would allow the Lord to come in. There's a brother in Africa, a dear friend of mine. And, and you know, we were just together and then we just were offering prayer over a situation. And, and he said, let's just pray. And he, you know, grabbed my hand. And, we, and I expected him to start praying, oh, Heavenly Father. You know what he started doing? He started singing. And the minute we started singing, I started relaxing. And then he, he just sang a chorus, and then he says, oh, Father, we love you. We're coming before. You know what it did? It cleaned our spirits so we could come to a place. Listen, I, I, we're in a, in a land, you know, Brother Brandon would call it, that we're unfitted to live in. This last age, people are under stress. We're under stress. Look at what it's causing Oh, I'm, I'm immune. I'm, I'm in the message. No, you're not. I'm not. Our home isn't. You know, and, and whatever we do, we can, we can regulate all the rules just right. But what about the atmosphere that we bring? What about that? You know, allow the word to be entreated. You know, I, we used to go on road trips and we would, you can just play something softly. We would go on road trips and we would, 
we would, we, when the kids were younger, we would play these character stories. And, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you what, a 10-hour road trip sent like, felt like, like three or four hours. Story after story. And we'd heard them all before. You know, Greg's tractor and, and all the different ones and I'll kill that old devil. And, 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 you know, there was favorite parts and we'd get to it. And then we'd do Bible quizzes, you know. And, and, and you know, what, who was this and who did that? I remember my, our song, I, I won't say which one, but he's, he's, he's the only one here tonight. And, uh, and, and, and he would just say, come on, Dad, let's do it again. And he would love it. How do you make people love God? You can't. But I'll tell you what, he's, when you start to talk about him, it brings a presence. When you start to think about him, when you carry that atmosphere, this, this is very simple for a Wednesday night. But it, our lives ought to be a melody. Uh, you know, maybe we're not singers, all of us, but, you know, maybe we can appreciate good music and we can appreciate things, and, but there's something that utters from us. I, I think we can implement that more on a daily level. I think we need to just pull aside and stop the world sometimes. Let's put some boundaries down. Listen, don't just work 50 weeks for a two-week vacation. Put a little bit of that into every day. A little bit into every week. Invest in relationships. Your children. Invest in your neighbors. You know one good thing about being in vacation? You'll, you'll talk to people that you would never talk to. We were, we were in a lineup just going to the airport and there was some Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints and she had a title and she was sister so-and-so and he was brother so-and-so and they just started talking to us. And, you know, I let, let them talk. I let them say everything. And then I turned to my wife and I said, Hey, sister. <laughs> she said, Hey, brother. She said, We're sister and brother and they don't even know it. And you know what? And you start talking to people just, just down, a couple of people sitting on lunch, you're just talking to them about things, and you wouldn't normally do it. We're so tensed up. How, how are we going to ever get to the last seat if we don't have something? A Christian connects. It's, it's, yeah, we're under a burden, but it's also natural. It's also just connecting, saying hi, and God bless you, and, you know, a cup of coffee, and whatever. Very simple. Let's stand together. I could read more here. We'll leave it. Maybe you didn't think that I'm being affected by the pressures and the stresses. I get affected. I needed a break. We all need a break. And I don't just want to wait till, till the next one. I, I want to take it. I want to come to the house of the Lord and enjoy myself. Amen. I know there's a song. What is it? You are my song. You will be my song. Yeah, yeah. You will be my song. You will be my praise. You will be my voice when I'm lost for words to say. You will be my strength. Oh, when you And my redeeming love, you will be my song. You know my words, all that's unspoken. 
You hold the pieces of all that's been broken. Even when a melody won't come, even when my words are not enough, you will be my song, you will be my praise, you will be my voice when I'm lost for words to say. Redeeming love, you will be my song.